Welcome to Unbounded, talks on growth in financial services. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Parsons, and Unbounded is powered by FlowX. Today, we are talking with Walter Obermeyer, and yes, he is our first return guest on the show. I'm delighted to have him back because for some time now, he has been a strategic advisor to FlowX, and for many, many years, he has been working in some fantastic, some absolute stalwarts of the technology world. And if you think that's not enough, well, in fact, Walter has so much to share with us about unlocking technology in the enterprise, how we can get financial services firms performing better, growing faster, and moving with agility and speed. And you know what? We've got a little surprise as well. So get ready to dig in for the growth equation. Walter. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks for the introduction and uh, thanks for having me on your show. Great to be here. I, uh, I wish I was uh, recording this with you in person, Walter. I would hand you a special trophy to be uh, awarded the first return guest uh, on Unbounded Talks. Uh, this is a very special moment, but Walter, I think um, what is most important to share with everybody who is tuning in to all our listeners is that you just weren't satisfied enough as a strategic advisor to FlowX. And, uh, well, let's just say there is a new chapter arising for you. So tell us more. Yeah, there's a new chapter because uh, uh, working with FlowX in the past 12 months as uh, a strategic advisor, I could see how uh, big the opportunities for FlowX are and how they can really deliver huge benefits to their clients. And I was saying, well, I think I need to be part of this journey. I need, to, I think I need to add a little bit of my experience and learn from the others in, in FlowX to really boost a bit into this uh, AI-driven technology and to really make a difference in the world in the banking. So this means that uh, you're hanging up the strategic advisor boots and putting on a whole new s- set of World Cup soccer boots. So tell us a little bit about the role that you're going to be doing at FlowX. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to confirm that I took on the role as uh, Chief Revenue Officer, overseeing sales and marketing in the future and uh, a bit uh, reshaping also our approach in the market because we see uh, huge growth uh, already in the last months and we will see uh, huge growth and, and possibilities in the upcoming next three, four, five quarters. And I want to be uh, one of the guys who will help to run this uh, on a high efficiently efficiency, but also on a high effectiveness that we can uh, cover the world and the regions what I'm uh, uh, looking for within uh, within the next quarters, almost with the full uh, speed and with the full actions, what we want to deliver. It will is a ride. Uh, let me say this. We're sorry for <laughs> this will be a hell of a ride in the next uh, quarters. And I like this, right? Very good. Now, and I tell you what, you, you mentioned those themes of, being effective and efficient. And that certainly is the challenge that a lot of the clients of FlowX.ai faces. Like, you know, the financial services industry, it, it is constantly in flux and change. I think what we see at the moment is continuing, this continuous change of customer expectations on the outside 
of banks, insurance companies, fintechs, but also that complexity on the inside, the technology, uh, the tech debt, uh, the compliance. There is so much, I mean, hey, let's talk about managing risk as well. There's so much going on for your clients um, and they also need to kind of really land that efficiency and that effectivity. So there's no surprise really that a big part of what you and I want to talk about today is how AI, artificial intelligence might play a role in that. What are you seeing right now as fintechs, banks, insurance companies, that broader financial services industry, as they look at AI, where are the opportunities, Walter? What are the questions in the mind of the CTOs and the bank execs? Well, that's a long list huh, in, in the banking environment because of all this, what you just said, there's a, a, a huge expansion in, of, of the regulation piece in, in banking. There's a huge ex, uh, ch- changing in the customer expectations. And uh, if you try to, to adapt to all these uh, changes, you're, you're almost on a, on a hurry to do this 24-7 in, in, your, in your systems, in your IT systems, because uh, the change what you deliver in January might be again changed and rechanged in February and in March, which means uh, you, you're running, you're running a, a, like hell be, be, mm. behind these regulations and even you can't fix you can't fix fast enough what the clients are expecting from you. The big trouble is uh, there's a solution for that uh, where you clearly say, well, just put something on, on cloud and run it in cloud and everything is scalable and, and very easy. But if you're in the banking industry, you have some uh, legacy systems behind which you need to uh, maintain and which you need to connect. And uh, this is the challenge to to connect the old world uh, from a bank and the existing world from a bank with the new capabilities and the new AI capabilities you have. Mm, mm. You know, the, the, the funny thing is like when you think about these factors that are driving banks to consider AI solutions, you've not only got compliance, particularly if you act across Europe and North America, so you have different uh, governance, uh, different uh, legal and compliance standards. The interesting thing that we've seen really change uh, post-COVID is obviously interest rates. And that uh, plays such a big role in managing risk, doesn't it? So we've got um, real questions now that are burning hot as the cost of money now increases uh, as we see that the financial viability of uh, who the banks are lending to comes under more scrutiny. Uh, that really has been the big surprise, hasn't it? In the second half of 2022, the the inflation factor has been uh, just another thing that uh, the financial industry has had to tackle, isn't it? Yeah, and and you, with with your few words, uh, our our listeners on the on the, this show can already understand how complex. The world in banking is. Let, let me pick out only only one or two of the things that you mm. just mentioned. So, if you think about the the, the regulation piece, right? Um, that's not only that you have to deliver all the reports to uh, to the uh, authorities for for the regulations. It's more about when you think about cost savings. If you do not deliver 
how much fine you have to pay. Mm. If you deliver the wrong data, how much fines you have to pay. And if you have seen the reports about the, the, the numbers of fine, what the authorities are, are invoicing, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars globally, which is there. And this, and this fines in the end are uh, killing the interest rate or that what, what you have in the margin from the interest rates right. uh, dramatically. Right. Then one of the next point is uh, when you think about fraud detection, right? Sure, you want to give money to other people. Sure, you want to give mortgages. Sure, you want to give loans to make money. But what if you see numbers like a bank uh, needs to, to uh, write off $200 million of mortgages because of not getting paid back, right? This $200 million is 100% cost. Yes. Uh, which again dilute, dilutes your margin, and others in the bank have to pay. If it dilutes your margin, it also dilutes and reduces your your chance to be strong enough against your competitive competition or against your competitor, or even uh, protecting the bank from losses. Right, and this is a huge challenge for everyone. Only with these few things. And now imagine if you take into consideration that non-financial risks, technology risks in automation, even than than the continued uh, regulation trouble. So that's a a huge burden to all of the financial uh, uh, industry at the moment. Yeah, the the cost of a mistake is is really high because you kind of – if you're a bank, you get done on both sides. You lose margin and competitiveness and attractiveness to your customers on one side, but you can also get dinged on the other side um, by regulators, uh, by compliance. So that you know, obviously, the stakes are pretty high. So this is obviously what is driving uh, banks and financial institutions to look at AI and what it can do. Um, maybe what we should do is look at the role that AI has playing in the back office first, and then we'll we'll do some of the front office customer experience uh, pieces. I mean, one, one of the starting points, uh, Walter, is you can use AI processes to know your customer, ass- assess your customer, detect unusual behavior on an account. Um, you can do a whole bunch of things. Tell me, where do you see... Uh, AI providing the most value is there like a is there like a home run feature or function that you see in AI or is it more of a kind of a comprehensive pattern of efficiency that it can drive um, inside of the bank? No, there's one thing what AI really can deliver much better than uh, any any time before, right? And it's all about uh, data and analytics. Um, if it's about data and analytics, it runs into predictive analytics. It runs into uh, experiencing and then uh, finding patterns, for example, frauds for uh, 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 spending behavior and all those things. And AI is that fast because it's, uh, I don't know how to say, 100x, 1000x faster than, uh, than, uh, than people in, with manual processes as it was in the past. Um, so when it comes to speed, when it comes to high volume, AI is the right choice. The, the thing behind is the AI stuff needs to be uh, very thoroughly uh, set up 
and it needs to be very thoroughly uh, maintained. And you always have the newest uh, solution in place and you always even control your AI solutions if they're doing right. Yeah. So the thing is, also the second thing is, so many new um, services are coming up that you don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time, even on AI technology or on machine learning. You sometimes have reusable assets out there in the banking scenario, which you only might integrate into your process workflow. So you need more the connectivity piece of your processes and of your, of your business processes in the bank to connect to this AI-driven solutions and to have the, the onboarding piece, for example, with the live video uh, services on AI mm. face recognition, not from a picture because this is no longer allowed. Yeah, you need to have already moving uh, video with uh, people's faces that you really can detect is this the right person I'm talking to? Is this the uh, the, uh, uh, the the passport he's showing me and and uh, moving back and forth? So there's a lot of things which you just need to 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 maintain, but mm. you always need to be up to date with the current technology, and that's a bit of a, a, an issue as well because uh, implementing AI in 2021. It's a nice play, but uh, you have to. Ch you had to change it already in March 2022. Then, with the new FIFA AML uh, law from the EU regulations, you had to change it again in September. So you see, you only have three, four months' time to follow up with all the changes and necessary things using AI technology. So you you touched upon something um, which I think we've both seen happen. A number of times, which is organizations look at the benefits and the prospects of AI, but they underestimate how important the planning and the setup of AI-driven processes, how important the setup really is. Because if you don't set it up right, it's, it, it's not going to serve the business correct. What's the main, if, if, one of our listeners is considering deploying uh, a process and, and transforming it into an AI-driven process, and they're in those early stages. What, what's the one thing that you think they could do, Walter, to avoid maybe some wishful thinking or some catches down the road? What can they do to be uh, better organized before they deploy the technology? Well, first of all, they should uh, always check and understand what is the the interconnectivity to other processes. That's important. Hmm. Right? So if I turn on the, the, the left um, button, what happens on the right side of my business? Yeah. The second is I need to have a solution in place where I really can change or adapt functionality or, uh, or uh, um, systems within days or maybe even real time that mm. at any time, if I see something new is coming up, I should be uh, able to react the same day and deliver the same day, a new solution or a new, uh, a, a new uh, outcome for that. Um, one of the things I want, one of the things I wanted to build upon there, Walter, just um, as you were talking, what comes to my mind is so many time on uh, times on these projects, what I see, and I want to see, uh, I want to understand what you've experienced, is I see really inadequate mapping of the process as it is today. Let's say you want to transform um, your KYC, and 
my experience has been that it is uh, rare that you find a team that has a really good map of their current KYC processes. They might have it in certain teams. One team has one part and another part team has another part. But what I find really interesting is a really fundamental idea is like, show me the detail map of all of the controls, flows, logic, et cetera, across fraud, customer experience, technology, the business rules. Is this something that you've also found that um, having fully up-to-date integrated maps of your processes is such an important requirement if you want to transform it? Yeah, absolutely. And this is, uh, again, something what you can uh, probably solve with AI. So if you have a lot of resources out there and it's mostly unstructured data, what you're just talking of, in different areas of the of the of the client base and their IT systems, you can use uh, um, semantic search. You can use semantic platforms to com- gather all and combine all this data that you have at least a full hundred percent view over the solutions and the processes of your banking solution. And then you can craft and create uh, uh, new processes, new uh, uh, um, business processes in, with integrated AI, uh, probably within a, a few days only. Right? So you get the data the faster you can, you can build upon that one. That's, that's the way forward. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've kind of got a bit of a, a, a snapshot of some of those features, some of those processes that can be transformed by AI, risk assessment, fraud detection, anti-money laundering, KYC. Now, what you pointed out is it's really where it's at its best. AI can really help you with data analytics and understanding. Give us a, a sense of some of the insights uh, a financial institution can actually gleam from its business. What have, what have you seen as being the real aha moments when you do it right with AI on these processes? What is the gold standard for understanding that you can get from that data and analytics? Well, it depends on where we, what we look into. So if we look more on the risk side of it, yeah, you, you get the right data to understand how much do uh, clients have to pay for, a, for example, unsecured lending that my risk is covered with a, a higher margin or a higher in interest rate? Uh, the same is how can I use AI and, uh, and technology to cover my risks from different angles, right? In using AI to make this predictive analytics on uh, spending behavior from my client. So where does he spend his money and why does he again asking for an unsecured land mm-hmm. or uh, a bit of um, um, crucial discussion here in, in EMEA, at least or in Germany, using the social uh, uh, data, what you can find. So uh, the, the, the official data out there on Facebook to understand what your client is doing and what clients in the US are doing versus what clients in the in the APEC region are doing. And this analytics will help you to understand who will pay back uh, your loans, who will not pay back, right? The same as if you use AI to predict anything what might happen when you have big data. And this will help, again, 
save costs, which means the the, the write offs, reduce the write offs, mm. make mm. the banking more competitive. Right. The only thing is what I'm always trying to to say is these solutions are overall in the place and you always can focus on a few things like as i said ai for spending behavior and maybe even on on social media content to understand how i can reduce my write-offs mm -hmm. but always be clear that there are interlinkages to to something else i have a small example mm -hmm. um from from uh, life example right from myself is i was in i was in tokyo in a, in a hotel on on a business trip And I was on Tokyo time. And then I understood when I was checking my agenda, oh, I need to be in two days in the US. Uh, I do not have a, a hotel booked uh, yet. So I went on booking.de on my German website from booking, found a hotel which suits me and I booked my hotel and it was fine. 10 seconds later, I got a message. Um, Your credit card is blocked because of fraud detection. Hmm. Because they said, we think that you, uh, your credit card details are stolen. So perfect solution for fraud uh, avoidance, right? That no <laughs> one can take money from my credit card. They took this because I spent money in Japan in a restaurant the day before. And suddenly I booked a hotel via a German website in uh, the US. And I said, this does not work. So that was unusual behavior and unusual mm. spending. The trouble was, Mike, I only had my credit card with me and nothing else. But in the evening, I wanted to go to dinner. And how to go to dinner if your credit card is blocked? Yeah. And I tried to reach someone from customer service to unblock my credit card. And then they told me, very nice, we will do everything what you need. It just takes 24 hours to uh, reopen in the system. So I was 24 hours without food. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, see, see how you, how you kick back customers and say, I don't care about your fraud solution yeah. at that moment when I can't get something to eat. Yes. And, and, and now this, this is the effort, um, and the work that needs to be put into these processes. Um, because, you need to, in the end, serve yourself and your customers simultaneously because if it is only for your own fraud detection, uh, that might you might be the, the most robust fraud detection service provider bank in market, but nobody wants to have their credit cards with you because they're always blocked, right? Yeah. But, but now you see what, what, what I want to achieve with, with Floex. Um, You, you, nobody, I think I really say nobody is able to predict every situation up front and to code everything perfect into AI or into the banking systems or into the fraud systems. So at any time there might uh, uh, happen such things like with me in Japan, right? But what if you would have a platform or a technical solution where you say, oh, I can see this case from Walter. That's not a good story that he has to wait 24 hours. So mm. I go now into my system the day after. I change the process for fraud detection and for, for unblocking the credit card with 24 hours back to 10 minutes. 
And at that moment, when we have identified Walter, that he's the right guy and the credit card uh, 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 things are all okay, 10 minutes later, the card is unblocked. Hmm. What if you have a technical solution to do this really in real time and not ask for a change request and in three months later, this bug has been fixed? So what if you can bug fix on a, in, in, in real time in the, in the running systems within a few minutes? Yeah, That's because I think, because what happens is, you know, people who are leading financial institutions, banks, insurance companies, I think they're, they find themselves held hostage to the backlog, don't they? The tech debt. Oh, we'd love to do that, but there's a huge backlog of fixes. So what you're really proposing is pretty radical because what it affords uh, banks the opportunity to do with processes that become AI-driven, that use platforms like Flowex.ai, is that they can fine-tune in real time. They don't have to wait for the dev team to get through the backlog of all the previous months or quarters of bugs and fixes. It sort of puts the tools in the hands of people in real time so you can continue to fine tune. And is that really the mindset you think of of banking going forward is that it's this continuous product development, continuous enhancement of technology, continuous development. It's no longer like write the requirements and six months later, something pops out the other end. It's, it's almost a new paradigm, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And not only continuous adaption, also uh, fast time to market, right? If something new is coming up, like uh, we have a new product or a new product set, what we would like to sell. And it's absolutely for today because it's uh, short before Christmas and we have a best, best idea ever how to sell FX, for example. Uh, if you would like to do that and you would like to approach your customer, you should do that the next day and be able to sell or deliver the contracting also in the next day. Mm. Guess now if you go to your IT department and say, can you please give me a landing page and can you give, give, give me the business processes behind for selling the product sets and IT department says with a lot of backlog, yeah, I can deliver for uh, Christmas 25. So 2025, right? <laughs> not 2022. <laughs> so not only, not only adapt fast, but also create fast, but still how they have the connectivity to the underlying systems that you don't have to reiterate and re-code uh, uh, um, uh, the, the wheel from the beginning, right? So you, you will have a few, a few things flexible in the cloud. You will have a few things on stable ground in your in your on-prem solutions as well. And the journey will start to move more and more into cloud. And the journey will start to move more and more into separate microservices, not to rely on a big monolith systems, which is not uh, really good to maintain and to mm. change it. So let me make sure that um, I have decoded all of those thoughts from you, Walter. So I, I kind of summarize it is that we are now moving into this continuous way of working, this continuous development, continuous product development built on top of the data and analytics that we're getting out of driving our processes with AI and platforms like FlowX. And this is how we meet 
the fast-changing expectations of customers and also the fast-changing of the world of technology and compliance. This is sort of the frame that you're proposing, right? Exactly right. Good summary, right? Okay. So that, I mean, that's huge. I, I mean, you know, it's very exciting because it feels like there's a lot of liberation and freedom here because, um, you know, I think we've both worked with a, with a ton of folks at banks who are really are kind of held hostage a little bit. They're shackled by all that tech debt and, and that huge infrastructure that they're just keeping going. And I think they would all yearn for that, that idea of that continuous real-time development. So it's, it's super exciting. Um, when people want to go on that journey, what advice do you give them? If there are our listeners right now, I mean, obviously we want them to take technologies like AI and FlowX and put them into their stack. Is there, is there a book to read? Is there a, a, a someone on Twitter to follow? Where do we find um, more uh, conversation about this idea of uh, continuous development, continuous innovation? Do you have any sources or recommendations or any, any uh, sources of wisdom for this idea of doing business in a sort of continuous way? Well, not really all the resources, right? I can get uh, give you a bit of my a bit of my experience, maybe all of my 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 history. So when I grew into business, I had a very good uh, coach who always told me, Walter, always remember in everything what you do, the KISS principles. So keep it simple but smart. Hmm. And keeping something simple means. Let, let me translate it this way. Don't, don't invest into huge monolith systems and into huge uh, 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 IT systems if you can put it piece by piece in, in, the, in the cloud as a service and then you can adapt and change and restructure and recluster the services into a functional uh, business application but you don't need to, again, to reinvent the wheel again. You just use them again and have your reusable assets in that one as well. To not always uh, um, duplicate data and, and the pro business processes. So that's already a huge uh, mm -hmm. thing to just keep in mind. Keep it simple and smart. Um, the, when when the, I can recommend something to read for, yeah. to, to open up your mind, uh, I'm running since a few years trying to understand uh, cybernetics in management. And if you think about uh, cybernetics, right, it looks more like uh, you control your environment, the machines or the, the IT, in an analogy to, the, to living organisms, where you only need a few uh, uh, patterns, where you sometimes only need a few uh, points to, to measure, to run a very complex system like a living organism. And I'm not talking now from, from mankind, right? If you only take uh, mushrooms, something like that. Right? But then you will see that they run really complex structures with only a few inputs. And they can adapt and change pretty fast too. Right? Hmm. So cybernetics and management um, and the kind of art of transformation, I mean, sounds like we've got a reason to have a whole nother podcast uh, 
Walter. <laughs> <laughs> then if, if we do this, we need to have a podcast about the next three, four hours, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, just to remind all of our listeners that uh, Unbounded Talks is brought to you by flowx.ai and we have really framed how we can deal with that uh, insistent, that never-ending change that we see from tech, from compliance, from the expectations of customers. And one of the things that has certainly come up so far in the show, Walter, is we've really touched upon the role that the underlying platform, the underlying technology components are going to play here. We've mentioned Monolith. We've mentioned the idea of biting off small bite-sized pieces. Don't, don't make it too complex and too big, which I think was very good advice from yourself. But I want to talk about now the job to be done. What do we need to do when we think about underlying inherent legacy platforms and technology, particularly when we think about we want to deploy AI-driven processes. We want to transform the back office, the front office, but we have to refactor and modernize. Where do we start on this journey? And, and let's get inside this because, you know, I feel that we're obligated to our listeners. If we're going to talk a lot about the potential of AI-driven processes and everyone's on board and saying, yes, makes great sense, let's do it. The whole thing here, when we look at financial institutions and in particular banks, is the gotcha is, oh, the legacy system, the tech debt. So where do we start when we want to improve, refactor, and modernize that infrastructure, that backbone? Walter, shine a light on it. Well, so, so my, my strong advice is don't start again with a big bang, right? So means if we have a monolith systems, which is pretty old and which does not deliver the services and the processes we need, start with uh, uh, taking out the first business processes, uh, put them into cloud. Like I'm, I'm running a new landing page for unsecured, uh, unsecured uh, landing or for mortgages. And I will add to this business processes some AI uh, components that I have it easier, faster, and, and more secure. And take the customer data and the deep tech out from the monolith system. So connect the new business process in cloud, including mm -hmm. AI functionality with the underlying system to have a fast solution to, to be able to, to run. Uh, the next phase is uh, you take the next business process out and maybe in, in a time frame of only a few weeks, mm -hmm. you take out 60, 70% of the business processes from the legacy systems, from the monolith systems and put them as, as services into cloud. Then you start to uh, run and, and uh, add that to, to the solution. You start to run the old system, the legacy system, plus the new processes in parallel until you can confirm consistency between mm -hmm. data in the old system and mm -hmm. data in the new systems in cloud. Um, confirm consistency could be that you then say, well, I only transferred 60% into the modern world in FlowX, but the other 40% in this uh, uh, legacy systems, I don't need anymore. That is uh, his history Ooh. data or it's old stuff which no one else needs anymore. So I might use only the, the data or the database to store it in historically, or 
if I really need this missing 40%, I might go there and say, okay, I will refactor my old system, my legacy systems, but I will only refactor 40% because the other 60% is already in cloud. So suddenly the, the workload for refactoring the old monolith system is, has shrinked from 100% to, to 40%. Yeah, which this is, is a, yeah, this is huge. This is huge, Walter, because what you're really talking about is a paradigm of when you transform or refactor, don't start with the assumption that you need to take everything from the old and just put it into the new. In fact, what you're uh, highlighting for us is there's going to be a lot of overhead in old monolith systems that doesn't need to be ported either to the cloud or to AI. It's just uh, inefficient overhead that can be made fully redundant, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and if you think about the data you want to use in the, in the future, this is why I'm saying run that in parallel. If, if you start the, the business process on the FlowX platform, the modern uh, uh, cloud-native uh, process, you take data from the monolith system you, you, or you create data uh, like new customer, you read data from the customer out of the monolith systems, you update or even delete it all on the monolith systems, but in parallel in another new database uh, where you run the same thing, you create, read, update, and delete. So you do the thing what you did in one system, you now do in parallel in two systems. That's just technology, right? That's just IT. They can do this by huge numbers. But the thing is, after uh, a phase, you can decide on your own, like after three months, after six months, or even after two years, you have a kind of uh, smooth migration without any big bang or whatever. You just really compare is there consistency by 100% or by 99.9%? And then you can say, okay, I can shut down the old monolith systems because everything is in the new infrastructure and new system in the cloud. So, okay, so we've definitely made things less complex because we've reduced all of that overhead. You know, we've de-risked this a little bit um, because, you know, when we've thought about modernizing the stack and refactoring the stack, we've run them in parallel. We've seen any of the edge cases. We've ironed it out. Okay, done. Let's talk a little bit about how we can make this underlying obligation to the technology more sustainable, easier to maintain. How, when we go cloud native, when we deploy AI driven processes, how can we? reduce what is commonly in banks. My understanding, Walter, is they deploy a huge amount of funds just to keeping the lights on, maintaining the existing tech. How do we make it a bit more sustainable and maintainable? Well, first of all, you need to uh, cut this uh, the old systems into pieces, as I just mm. said, because mm. the, the, the most uh, trouble what they have is that all their processes or all their uh, old processes at the moment uh, are, have been coded in one system. It's like, so, sorry for this, uh, sorry for this uh, comparison now, but it's like Microsoft Office. Mm. If I look into Microsoft Office, me as Walter, uh, 
Uh, I can use probably in Excel, in Word, and in PowerPoint, I use 5% of the functionality <laughs> and the rest is not necessary for me, which is a 95% additional burden to me because I anyway don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I would love to have an so office solution with this 5% of, of processes what I need. So I would love to have a tailored solution for me and not pay for the other 95% because I don't need that. The same is with banks. You have a huge IT system where you use maybe 5% for lending processes, another 6% for the, uh, for the FX or other things, but you don't you need the 100% of this, of this system, but you still pay the maintenance, you still pay the infrastructure cost, right. you still pay probably the, uh, the license cost, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So you have a huge... Uh, lump sum, let me say this way, of costs, which you even cannot allocate to the different uh, uh, offerings, what you do or the different departments, because it's too big to, to um, adjust uh, and allocate to the, to the departments. And again, you just, it, it looks like sometimes you have a truck uh, with where you can load 10 tons of, of data and processes, but you only need to have 500 kilograms, right? So why, why running a truck if you just deliver 500 uh, kilograms per day. Hmm. It's so, it's so, it's such a good analogy because, you know, to build on that, you, you, you pay for a license for all of these functionalities within Microsoft office, but you use so few of them. And, and what you're saying is literally the financial uh, services industry is often put in that same situation by its vendors where it's like you have to take so much function and feature that doesn't directly contribute to the bottom line, but you're buying it, licensing it, maintaining it. So I think your invitation is break it into pieces, use and pay for and maintain and sustain only the pieces that you need for your business. And that's the key to being much more sustainable, making it easier to maintain. Because if you have less in the stack, then it becomes easier to focus and manage. And I would imagine, Walter, there's a lot less interoperabilities, codependencies, if you can strip it back, even just 10 or 15%. Yeah, absolutely. And you get a lot of uh, speed in, in launching everything. Let me be with this analogy with, with a truck. If you have a 10-ton truck and you want to add AI or other functionalities on this big truck, you have to wait until the truck, truck is everywhere, right? And on all uh, departments. If you have, instead of the truck, small cars, delivery cars, each one of them can deliver 500 kilos, but you have four or five of them. Uh, the one is going to the, the landing area. The next one is going to FX. The, the third one is going to, to uh, mortgages. Uh, and then you can add the right pieces for them, what they really need and not for the big ones, right? So you can run more tailored solutions with having less investments and you can tailor it better and directly to the point and adapt fast on that point then as well. It's funny when, you, when you're talking launching at speed, it almost brings me back to what you said before, that 
when we think about AI-driven processes, it really does enable us to work in a more real-time, continuous manner. And that is exactly what you're talking about when you say launching at speed, working at speed, not only to be going from your sandbox to live, but from version one to version 1.1 and uh, 1.2 and three and four and so on. It's really where you see that intersection between deploying the right technology to enable your business to move faster, to be continuous. Um, I guess my thing is, what are the opportunities that happen, perhaps more from a business and entrepreneurial perspective, for a bank when they have this tool set, when they have the AI-driven processes, when they have refactored their legacy systems, when they're ready to meet the obligations of customers and compliance, what do you see as the new business opportunity? Well, the thing is probably in banking the business opportunity, if you're, if you're that fast in launching uh, uh, services, if you're that fast in uh, delivering AI-driven services in banking, uh, you might even sell or co-sell it to your uh, 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 competitors, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, if you have a perfect uh, uh, solution for unsecured uh, lending and you have the perfect AI uh, KYC solutions behind that, why not take this uh, IP and this uh, uh, asset what you have and uh, offer it to the market? Right. That's that's and, like it, it creates new opportunities and markets that perhaps don't exist for you now because you don't have the capability. That, is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Or, yeah. even, or you take take things like a um, bank, uh, big bank like Bank of America, or in German uh, Deutsche uh, Deutsche Bundesbank, so government mm-hmm. bank mm-hmm. might deliver some solutions on AI driven how to for uh, for anti money laundering. And say, you know what? I'm asking all the banks for reporting on tra- uh, money laundering uh, reports. Uh, here's an app for that, and it's proven technology, and we have invested in that. So don't you, you don't have to pay the full investment costs. So you can reuse our solution, what we anyway asking you to do. That is uh, quite. So- that's quite a twist, isn't it? It makes retailers transforms them into wholesalers, <laughs> doesn't it? Exactly, but it makes also maybe. Uh, government authorities uh, asking for reports to, uh, I'm asking for a report and here's the solution how to get there. Yeah. yeah. And, and you and only that- need to ad- adapt this IT solution, AI solution in your banking systems and connect with your systems and you can be sure that you deliver 100% uh, right uh, uh, reports what we ask you to do from law. And, and, and Walter, that sounds like the very essence of the efficiency, the effectivity that you talked about at the very beginning of the show, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And if you can run this on, on different microservices, if, for example, for anti-money laundering, you, you might understand there are a lot, of, lot more things what we can share. Let me say it in the supply chain in banking. Right. So uh, when you think about all the requirements that authorities have for banking and how then banking tries to support and, and drive this uh, regulations and deliver the reports for these regulations, and you have maybe 20, 30, 50 different results coming back to the authorities for AML, why? 
Why is it like that? Instead of delivering uh, the, the, the solution for the reports, just add and connect them and get 100% uh, uh, reports back which are all equal and are all compliant. Hmm. Can you imagine how much money you can save? Yeah, particularly at the scale that uh, financial services firms work at. I mean, towards customers on the front office, in the back office towards compliance, third parties, know your customer, open banking. Um, it sounds like there's a world of opportunity if you have the right mindset, if you're willing to, to meet the needs of customers and the business, if you're willing to deploy, you know, technologies like AI to transform your processes, get the data and the analytics, be continuous in how you build, strip back, refactor, modernize the back end, um, break it into small pieces and to have that continuous mindset, you'll have a much more sustainable, maintainable way of working in your bank or in your insurance company, but you'll be able to launch at speed and create new opportunities and markets that don't even appear on your horizon today, right? Yeah. And then having a platform like FlowX who will support you in your journey, right? Who will give you the chance to connect all the underlying systems, no matter if you connect your underlying system in your bank, or you might even have a need to connect with uh, the authorities in, and their systems to align on the data and align on deliverables or on uh, data analytics that you don't, kind of, don't only uh, analyze your data in the bank, but you can also analyze data, big data, what you get from the authorities or from the government. Right? So you see there's a lot of things what you can do if you use a platform like FlowX to connect the different dots in a processing cloud, and then even have the chance to uh, uh, retire the underlying systems and move to the new systems, including all the uh, the access what you need. Well, Walter, I think we've we've brought this story full circle. Um, very, very exciting. I, I guess my question for you is: now that we have brought a world of opportunity to our listeners uh, to rethink technology, business, and financial services. If they want to find out more about you, um, can they find Walter Obermeyer uh, on LinkedIn? Is that where you live in this digital world? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Well, Walter, this was really fun. I am so glad that we got a chance to not only announce your new role, but to really get into not only the vision, but how we can really transform financial services together. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, chatting about it. And I really do uh, feel a great deal of excitement when we see this kind of vision being deployed into banks. I mean, you and I, I think we've seen it so many times, the struggle that executives in banks and insurance companies, they really do face an enormous struggle, don't they? They really do. And they really need help. And this is why we're here, right? We're trying, we're here to, to help and to support. And this is why I'm very thankful that uh, I had a chance to at least scratch a little bit on the vision of what we have for the next upcoming years, uh, because much more to come. Just let me this announce, right? Much more to come as, as we talk today. So we have a little uh, AI technology in, in the back where we're working on and hopefully we can uh, deliver next year. That is really exciting. 
Walter Obermeyer, CRO, flowx.io. Thank you ever so much uh, for sharing your thoughts, your ideas, and your vision with myself and all of our listeners today. So thank you to you as well, our listeners. Uh, This was Unbounded Talks, and Unbounded Talks is powered by flowx.ai. If you want to know more about the show, you want to get the show notes, the transcripts, and all the goodies, head over to unbounded.flowx.ai. All right, that's a wrap. 